welcome to Fall to Ego episode 24. Um, joined today by me and uh, a background chorus of uh, cicadas, which um, it's interesting how like the, the voice, what is it, the noise silencing cancellation thing, whatever in, in all this audio software. It's like it works when you're not talking and it cancels out the background noise, but when you're talking, it has to let the noise in. So if I'm quiet, there's no cicadas. When I start talking, suddenly you can occasionally kind of hear them in the background. Anyway, um, that's just how that is, isn't it? Um, I I was trying to think of what to say this week and I, you know, have, I was trying to keep a little journal of little thoughts and ideas that I think are useful to communicate. I certainly don't want to say anything if I don't think it's... Uh, of use at all because that's just filling the internet with um, nonsense isn't it it's like it's the cognitive equivalent of overeating or force feeding someone yeah I'm a feeder um, <laughs> you know those guys who just like to keep that's going to get very dark um, I was going to say keep a woman in a room and feed her I was like what has this turned into like a version of Saw um, I'm sure I've read that and there's some phenomenon about guys who like doing that um, men like doing all sorts of fucking fucked up shit don't they so it's probably it, even if it hasn't happened it probably is it's true if you say it it's true isn't it across the uh, the broad spectrum of mankind if you've got 8 billion people to play with you know statistically there's going to be nine people who are really evil <laughs> and lock people in rooms and to feed them. But I feel like, um, I can't believe I've just compared myself potentially to, um, men who imprison women as a metaphor for <laughs> someone who podcasts too much. It's not quite as severe a crime, is it? <laughs> it's not a form of abuse, but it's, you know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm a feeder, you know, so I, I love the idea of, Filling people up with until they explode with content that they didn't need. Um, but I try, you know, I try and think things that are useful. And uh, this week I couldn't really think of anything. I had a few little thoughts here and there, but nothing that was like, oh, I can drag. That's worth, you know, uh, staying up late to record that for. Um, and so, but I did read, I have just finished reading um, Gabor Mate's um, Myth of Normal. So I thought, uh, rather than say things that are useless from my head, I may as well use what little platform I have. Hello, seven listeners, um, to promote something that I think is worth your attention. Because I mean, at least that's a, a worthwhile use of my time. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's just this. Other, if, if I just say stuff for the sake of saying stuff, I'm just. Uh, where silence could have otherwise existed. I mean, the silence would have been better, wouldn't it? Um, but there's no way to monetize that. <laughs> Hi, guys. Like and subscribe um, for my channel of nothing. Um, I'll be releasing uh, nothing each week on SoundCloud and all the podcasting apps and uh, posting nothing to Instagram. So if you can give me $5 a month for to subtract content from the internet, I probably would actually pay someone to do that. I'd probably pay someone to remove to make the internet smaller over time, like some sort of internet caretaker or janitor. <laughs> some, <laughs> some like digital superhero, you know? Well, you're sleeping. He's out there. Hang on. We need some, we need some dramatic music for this. Something like, well, you're sleeping at night. <laughs> Dreaming dreams. He's out there. 
making the internet a little bit smaller and safer for all of us. It's Content Uncreator. Something like that. Um, I would pay someone. I'd, I'd pay someone to do that. Um, or would I? I don't have enough money. Anyway, um, yeah. There's just there's no there's no um, there's no money in putting silence um, out there in, in onto the internet. Um, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by a breeze. <laughs> just. Proudly sponsored by Breezes. A natural sound. <laughs> Not created by a corporation. It's just a sound that you hear when you've got no, no ear pods in your ear listening to podcasts, audiobooks, YouTube videos, motivational talks. This is what this is what reality sounds like when you turn off all your shit. You hear that? Alter Ego. Proudly brought to you by corporate sponsor breezes there we go that's lovely um so yeah gabor mate's the myth of normal i um i thoroughly recommend it just thoroughly recommend it it's um as as someone entering into uh psychology as a field of study for now uh, i'm hoping as a profession in years to come um it's a. I'm, I'm really glad I'm studying psychology now versus you know 20 years ago because the there's just a slowly emerging awareness that you know um, mental health is more than just like the individual's fault. You know we are starting to realise the impact of um, life, the universe, and everything on people. Um, and it's it's fascinating to see you know psychology sort of. Uh, well, pu- pushing pushing uh, the boundaries in some respects, but also catching up with stuff that's been around for thousands of years in o- in, in other respects. Um, it's fascinating to see, you know, uh, the sort of Buddhist uh, concept concept of in you know of the self in that it sort of doesn't necessarily exist. It's more an ingredient in a massive universal paella. You know, you're just part of everything. Um, and for psychology to be kind of catching up with that and realizing, yes, you've got a, a mind that is uh, synonymous with or a function of the brain. You know, the mind is what the brain does. Uh, but the brain isn't some like contextless thing floating in a jar. Uh, it is in a body and that body has, you know, hormones and all these things floating around in it. And that body lives in a, in a world. And the world affects the body and therefore the world must affect the mind. And in reverse, you know, the mind can affect the world. You know, I can choose to chop that tree down over there or not. Um, so it's symbiotic, isn't it? The mind and the universe. Um, and it's interesting to see sort of psychology slowly um, embracing that. I'm not saying catching up. It's not like people have been saying it for years, but we've, it's becoming more, it's becoming less hippie woo-woo to say, yeah, well, we're all one, man. Um, that's not hippie woo-woo, that's, that's science. <laughs> we actually are all one. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, egotistical people. But um, but Gabor Mate's book, The Myth of Normal, is, is a really great, I'd say almost like, a, I'm guessing his sort of like opus, you know, his magnum opus, sweeping, uh, uh, cross section of mental health in all contexts, from childhood to old age, um, from addiction to relationships. It's it's uh, it's a really fantastic 
uh, zoom out and then zoom back in kind of book, you know. Um, and I just really, really recommend it. But the thing that stuck with me, and I think this will be a short episode because uh, I just want to sing this book's praises and then sign off. But um, the, what, what he articulates so well is the fact that mental health is more than um, just the individual um, that it isn't just, oh, you've, you, you've got anxiety. Well, that's because you've got anxious chemicals in the brain. Goodbye. Um, here's some pills. See you later. Um, that's, that's true. Like if you're depressed, you know, you probably do have a, uh, something going on with your, you know, serotonin levels. If you're anxious, you know, you haven't got too much cortisol or, you know, something. I mean, these, this is all biologically true, but that's, it's like half a sentence. That's the problem with, uh, psychology or, and mental health, um, certainly as I've experienced it as a, um, I was going to say as a customer then, <laughs> I went to the mental health shop um, as a, I don't want to say patient either. I was never in a facility. I never really lost my marbles that much. That's offensive. Um, well done me. <laughs> hey, future me. <laughs> when you get cancelled as a psychologist, this episode was why. But I've, I've, I suppose I've, I've been fortunate never to, you know, fully uh experience um a severe psychiatric sort of disorder or anything like but i've had i've had you know, little struggles in my life um that have required you know chatting to professionals um but my experience in the past has been this very sort of medicalized pharmacological approach where it is just oh it's you you're wrong your brain is wrong 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 chemical wrong wrong here are some pills um and i didn't have a great time on those pills uh, in particular they helped me very, very short term, long term, I think they weren't the way for me to go. But um, what makes me sad about looking back on my past self, um, but also I guess, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I'm fortunate because now I've got this perspective on things. So it's, you know, uh, no mud, uh, no lotus, as they say, um, is that uh, what I've, what I've, the pity I feel for that younger man is is his encounter with mental health services and just, yeah, the, the pill-chucking, brain chemistry-only sort of paradigm. Um, and not this broader, well, yeah, but how often do you get in the ocean? How often do you go for a walk? Uh, what's your relationship like with your parents? Um, do you have a strong support network? Uh do you stay up late every night watching shit on TV and then, and then, and do you drink a lot? Like, there's just, there was just none of that. There was just none of this like holistic, well, what's your environment like, you know? Because even, even if you're genetically predisposed to a certain mental health condition, so say both your parents have anxiety or depression or they're, you know, diagnosed as bipolar or, you know, any, any number of uh, potential uh, conditions. And, and it, maybe, they've passed something on to you. It's like, you know, yes, you can be someone genetically predisposed to a condition, but, you know, if you take that same person and put them on a beach doing yoga every morning and then meditating and then hanging out with smart, creative, soulful, supportive, funny people, um, and then go to a job that you really enjoy for three days a week, <laughs> um, and that's enough just to survive, you know, and you're not aiming for a massive house and a massive mortgage and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you sustain yourself and you're fine. And, you know, if you take that person 
they're probably, even though they're genetically predisposed, they're probably not going to get depressed or whatever, even though they have the genetic predisposition. You take the same person again and put them in a shitty office job five days a week, eight to nine hours a day sitting down in a cubicle and on Fridays to go out on the piss because that's your only release. Um, you're on a you're cramming refined sugar into your face because it's the only way to keep going at work. You're not exercising, you're not stretching, you're not meditating. The only nature you see is on TV. Um, you guess which out of those two is going to end up depressed? It's the second one. Now, is that because there's something different about the second one's brain? No, it's because there's something different about the second one's environment and their life and the the, the way they've oriented um, their lifestyle. And the problem, and this is where, and so it, what's a relief? It, to me, it's so odd that it's this isn't just common sense. It's odd to me that it's almost controversial to say that mental health is about things that happen outside the mind and the body, not necessarily just within the brain. That mental health is actually a um, a reflection of the conditions you're in, not necessarily just a reflection of you, your, you specifically. Um, and obviously I say that with a massive caveat that, you know, a lot of... Um, a lot of mental health conditions are just a a, um, a misfiring or a, of the brain. You know, the brain is the brain's problem. Um, it's not everything is caused by society, but you know, it, the, there's a lot that is, <laughs> and it seems like we're not allowed to talk about it, and um, or not encouraged to talk about it. it. Doesn't seem widely accepted. It seems like if you're depressed and working in a call center six days, five days a week, plus overtime, uh, something's wrong with you rather than the fact that there are call centers and that we're expected to work in them. You know, um, it's, it's incredible to me that we don't think this way. Um, but you know, this is, this is a lot of what Gabor Mate covers in his book is just, you know, if you've got, um, if you have certain problems, then, you know, did you experience trauma? If you've got, you know, and this is, he talks about trauma and its impact on mental and physical health, you know, inflammation in the body and like stomach, gut related um, and gastrointestinal problems. Like, and, uh, you know, almost one for one, a lot of these people have some sort of traumatic memory in their childhood. And once they clear that up, focus on their mental health, get into a bit of mindfulness, um, and become more accepting of things they've been through in their life and, and confront them with like compassion to your inner traumas and life history. Suddenly these conditions just go away. Now it could be like a placebo, um, but I, I'm of the opinion that if a placebo works, fucking take it. You know, it's just like I did a sketch for the moth effect um, where. Christian Van Vuren is in a medical trial and they say, now look, so half of the group are going to be given the drug and half of the group are going to be given a placebo. You're not going to know who it is just so we can measure the drug's success against the power of the mind to heal itself. Because sometimes if the mind thinks it's taking the real thing, the mind will heal you. Anyway, so now we're going to divide you up into groups and Christian Van Vuren's character interrupts. So, so sorry, um, are you saying that if I... <laughs> Are you saying um, the reason you need a, contr a control group is because sometimes drugs don't work as well 
as the power of the mind. So that, yes, yes. But I mean, anyway, let's not focus on that. Let's let's move right along. And I think I was doing like a house Hugh Laurie sort of impre- of it, sort of impression. Don't know why. Let's move along. Okay, let, now let's get into our two groups. And uh, so, no, no, sorry, no. I, I want to go in the placebo group. I, I want mind powers. So anyway, this whole sketch just escalates out of control to the point where Christian Van Vuren basically has a. Uh, an out-of-body sort of enlightenment experience. It's like, oh my God, we're spiritual beings. We can cure ourselves. But I think, you know, if the power of the mind works that well, just let's what, let's do that. <laughs> if you can do, if you can heal yourself by confronting your trauma in a compassionate, spiritual way versus chucking pills at it, I would choose that every time. Anyway, uh, again, huge caveats there. Obviously, some people, medication is absolutely the answer. Uh, but, you know, for me, nobody asked me what my problems were. All they saw was, oh, you're a bit depressed, are you? Well, here's some pills. And I just did, you know, and I had, a little, I had some skin conditions going on and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you know, 20 years later, here I am, very happy, uh, still stressed, you know, I don't have any money. Uh, inflation's going up jobs are scarce I'm barely you know hand to mouth it's it's terrifying my life is terrifying but I'm bloody happy uh, most of the time and when I'm not I can just accept it and I watch it and I swim and I go for walks in forests without any technology on me and uh, I meditate and I have friends who meditate and we talk about meditation it's all very geeky I'm into photography, which is a very present um, hobby, uh, mostly of nature and stuff. So again, it's just a hobby that reinforces nature rather than gets me away from it, like posting to the gram. Um, I, I don't drink. I haven't had anything to drink for four years. I'm vegetarian. I don't think, I'm not sure if that's got anything to do with it. Meat's probably actually good for you, I'm sure. <laughs> um, we are supposed to eat meat, I think. Um you know, I, I, yeah, I don't drink. Um, I don't really have sweeties. <laughs> I fast. Anyway, and all of my stuff's gone away. You know, I don't get these massive depressive episodes. And arguably my life in some ways is is far more stressful. I've got a kid. I can, you know, I'm barely scraping by. You know, 20 years ago, I was having the time of my life. I was, you know, I can't remember where I was, studying at uni drinking, having a great time, but it's just this weird, you know, Dexter was, I have a dark passenger, you know, <laughs> this like weird, not that I wanted to murder people. Um, but you know, just the, the fucking silly little dark monster that sits on your shoulder, you know, that's gone. And that, I'm not, and that's, you know, without taking anything. So, you know, environmentally I've changed a lot. Um, I expose myself to a lot more nature and cold water and the elements and I've massively pared back how much I'm on devices and stuff. Uh, I have a dumb phone now. It doesn't even connect to the internet. Um, And I'm just, everything's better. Like I feel so much better. And so this book, uh, The Myth of Normal, it really speaks to me on that level because it says, you know, yes, there's something going on in your brain that's wrong. There's some chemical problem there that we can solve with medication. Um, but that's, again, it's half a sentence. It's like, yes, your brain chemistry's fucked. Um, but why? That's the question people don't ask. It's like, why is your brain chemistry fucked? It's kind of just 
I mean, it can just happen apropos of nothing, obviously. You know, brains and machines and machines break down sometimes, but often things make things break down, you know? Um, so I think that that aspect of it, asking why, you know, let's look at your whole life, let's look at, look, look at the society you live in um, and see if that's contributing to the problem. I think as well, what really appeals to me is, is there's something about his book that... Um, I can see where psychology and satire <laughs> start to overlap because satire is the criticizes society. Um, and psychology mostly focuses on the individual, but more more recently to heal the individual uh, as, and if you want to heal individuals en masse, we're starting to criticize society on as a whole as well because you can't otherwise you're just kind of patching people up and sending them back to the front you know if you it's, oh, I'm, i don't feel good well like there's no there's no point telling someone who's depressed what well, we'll just meditate and get in the ocean um so that they then are able to get back into their stressful banking job that doesn't make them happy or their stressful um, accountancy job or their stressful call center job, whatever it is, you know, it's like, I don't, uh, I, when I eventually become a psychologist, I don't, I don't want to like be on the side of the system. You know, I don't want to be patching people up and throwing them back into the machine. <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I'm not there to protect the system. Sorry. I'm not there to, um, make you just okay enough to mean you can still function in a fucked society. I'm going to tell you to quit your job, <laughs> you know, or cut down your hours or change or move to it. Like, I don't know, to get all your savings and move to a, move to Thailand on a retirement visa. If you're over 50 and live out the rest of your days doing exercise and making new friends. Like I don't see, I don't, so psychology is slowly, its role is expanding, which may into the satirical, which is that, um, you have to have a sceptical, um, f- well, you have to have a lack of faith that this is how humanity was, this is how humanity was supposed to orient itself from the get-go. Um, I'm not, you can't take that as as the default position anymore. It's actually the, the wrong answer, you know. So there's a, a huge part of psychology is slowly becoming, well, maybe the fact that we work so much and are and are now basically hooked to devices all the time don't interact face to face blah 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 maybe that's part of why you're depressed rather or anxious or whatever rather than just there's something wrong with your brain specifically <laughs> um, maybe there's something maybe humanity the human experience is oriented to a false god um maybe capitalism is is to blame. So, you know, I mean, you know, you look at the rising rates of teen suicide, anxiety, mental health problems, and the massive rise in social media and social comparison. And again, a good observer of society, whether it's a satirist or a psychologist, doesn't go, all these, all these teenagers in separately and coincidentally at the same time have developed anxiety. There must be wrong with all of their brains specifically and yet collectively at the same time. That's a weird coincidence. Nothing could be causing that. 
you know, it's, no, maybe it's iPhones. Maybe why can't we launch a class action against Apple at this point? You know, there are, there, there are 8 billion people on earth. I assume, I mean, there's 2 billion, well, there were 2 billion people on Facebook. Presumably that means there are a lot more people on the internet in general. Let's say three and a half billion to be conservative. Out of those three and a half billion people, I would say 60% of them have had their mental health affected by the internet negatively. Uh, some of them without even knowing it. But on a, even on a subconscious, you know, even just the the hours of sleep you've lost by looking at a phone, the last thing you do before you go to bed, your sleep's now fucked. You won't get the same sleep you would have had. So I think, you know, three and a half billion people, 60% of those have been harmed by social media and iPhones. Why can't we launch a class action against Apple, Facebook, Google? Because when, when Coca-Cola opens up a plant in your town and suddenly everyone randomly gets leukemia or whatever, you know, then there's you have a class action. Why can't planet Earth launch a, cl- launch a class action against Silicon Valley for just taking humanity off the path it was supposed to go on and ruining everything um, right at the time when we all needed to come together, be healthy, have more empathy so we can tackle big problems like climate change, um, the rich-poor divide, equality, you know? We could have done that. I don't think we're going to do that now because of the fucking internet and the fact that we're all, everyone's become an enclave of one. Um, so I think psychology, I, I'm... I'm optimistic and excited for future me's career hello future me in five years from now hopefully when you become a registered psychologist i'm looking forward to that growing awareness within psychology that you know it's not just it's not just the brain it's not just the individual's fault they're not it's not some like design flaw in that specific person that's gone awry that can be fixed by chucking pills at it it's 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 often, not always, again, caveat. Um, some people do just have something that's not quite working properly and they need help. Um, and it, and pharmaco- the pharmacological approach is hugely beneficial in, in the majority of cases. Um, but, it's, it's again, it's half the sentence, you know. Um, so I am looking forward to that, that broader look of just, you know, well, what, let, let's look at all of society. Maybe all of society is why we're getting sick. Maybe we weren't supposed to be living this way. And that this that's where the Buddhist stuff comes in as well. So if you're going to say society isn't the answer, you've got to replace it with something. You can't just say, yeah, human beings weren't meant to orient ourselves this way. The human experience isn't supposed to be oriented this way. So well, what was it supposed to be oriented to? Oh, I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot in Eastern spiritual philosophy that is the answer. And the answer turns out to be extremely simple. It's just presence, connectedness, compassion, empathy. You know, it's not getting on your phone and posting a photograph of you doing duck face because you were at some cool party you want everyone to know about. You know, that's just the past <laughs> profound mental illness. Um, so anyway, Gabor Mate, the myth of normal. It's a huge sweeping look at mental health and the systemic causes behind many of our problems beyond the brain. Um, and, and, he, and he also poses some solutions towards the end. He does get into a bit of um, psychedelics, not that he's a huge um, 
flag waver for that stuff. Um, but he's, he's as a curious mind, he's experimented in it. Um, he's got some positive things to say there. Interestingly, in Australia, uh, where I'm recording this from, obviously, because it's where I live, <laughs> I flew to the States to record this podcast just to throw you off. Um, yeah, Australia is legalizing, I think, MDMA and uh, psilocybin for in, uh, mental health, in certain mental health cases. Um, and yeah, the end of the book does go towards some spiritual stuff and, and solutions and how that can be and how that can help. So, um, Myth of Normal, very excited. Read it, it's fantastic. And also, it's an in, for me as a satirist who likes criticizing society, it's an interesting synthesis of psychology and social criticism, which I, I myself look forward to bringing to my future um, path as a, psych, as a hopeful psychologist um, and to this podcast, which I think I've been doing anyway. So that's good. All right, well, that's the end of this. Um, it's a nice little short one. Oh, that's the wrong music. That was a bit jazzy, wasn't it? Let's should we go out on this instead of the usual uh, mandolin. There we go. All right. <laughs>